This is Shay M. Lawson, and you are listening to A Minute of Your Time, a podcast helping entrepreneurs legally protect their passion and profits. Welcome to episode 20. Man, this feels like a long journey, and it really hasn't been, but but I think 2020 has probably been long for everybody. So if you are new listening, my podcast officially launched on online platforms in March of 2020, but this is something that has been in the works for quite a while. I actually recorded episodes in spring of 2019. And as it originally started, it was going to be minute long legal tidbits and snippets. And it kind of grew into this thing and longer topics and episodes I called bonuses, but were really just in-depth looks into topics and I still tried to keep it short. I've been having some really great conversations, whether it's been about negotiation, networking, copywriting, making yourself stand out in a crowded market, all of these different topics to really supplement the idea of like legally protecting yourself, but also setting yourself up to be profitable. You want something of value that is generating profits to legally protect in the first place. And so I'm really covering all of those topics. And then of course, in the months of June, May, June, and July, a lot of unrest in America And in the last episode, I introduced a new segment called uh, The Social Minute, where I will be talking about ways that you can get involved, ways that you can make change with different things that are going on. And so the first Social Minute was dedicated to Brianna Taylor. And if you go onto shaymlawson.com right now, you will be able to click on the link that says anti-racism resources, and you will be able to find different ways that you can help uh, bring justice for Brianna Taylor's family. And so now being 20 episodes in, I really had this epiphany while I was uh, getting ready to edit the episode of, of Million Dollar Negotiations with um, registered MBA agent Antoine Wade. He's also a fellow attorney and really thinking about what is the message that I'm giving to you as my audience? How am I really prepping and preparing your business to be legally protected and and profitable? And so I think I am going to do, and I say I think, so give me grace to switch this up, but I think that I am going to start doing these little new segments of IP law, so trademark, copyright, contract related things that are going on in the news with some of the biggest brands and biggest companies that will really give some of the learning lessons of the concepts that I try to get across in the show. And so sometimes I know that we're all, we all have different learning styles and hearing something again and hearing something via example sometimes is the best way to learn, understand, and apply complex topics that I know the law can be. So that is what episode 20 will be. We are going to talk about some mess that is going on. Um, 
with COVID-19 and the fashion industry with um, trademarks and musician names and uh, just being consistent and how that can help your brand and hurt your brand in the long term. And so uh, I hope that these lessons that are being learned by some bigger names save you some heartache and headache. And so without any further ado, I'm going to hop into the episode. If you are not subscribed, please, please go ahead and subscribe. Please rate and review. Thank you to everyone who is listening from across the world. I am so surprised every week when I see the different countries pop up in my analytics. So thank you so much for listening. And um, yeah, let's hop into it. So here's a 30,000 foot view of today's episode. We are going to talk about this Lady A versus Lady Antebellum, who is now looking to be known as Lady A, and this trademark lawsuit that they are in that is a nightmare. I'm going to talk to you guys about common law rights, why it's not worth it to wait, and sometimes why you need to weigh the PR factor before you take legal action, even if you are right. The second thing I'm going to talk about is a makeup artist that has sued a mega brand for stealing his makeup designs. And so we're going to talk about doing business and trusting people who end up stealing your work. Why the law cannot help you until you take certain steps. You cannot protect an idea. And we're going to dive into that. And then somehow we're going to move on over to Mike Tyson. So make sure you're here for that. I will give you some great details on a small business grant program that Beyonce Knowles Carter has launched through her Be Good Foundation. And today's social minute, we'll talk about the Empowered app and ways that you can find out what's going on in your community. And then last but not least, I will be discussing contract provisions in a COVID world and what you need to know as an entrepreneur doing business when there are recommendations by the government versus orders, which you should know about refunds and rescheduling and impossibility. We will wrap the show up on that note. So make sure that you go on over to the episode on Apple Music or on Spotify or on Anchor FM and the links will be there. And I'll also post this on shaymlawson.com and you can click on podcast for all of this. So let's go ahead and hop into this Lady Antebellum issue. I'm sure this has come across your news feed, but I want to give this a legal lens. I am (laughs) flabbergasted, to say the least, about the dispute going on right now between a Black blues singer by the name of Anita White, who has been performing under the name Lady A for more than 20 years, and the country trio known as Lady Antebellum, who published a statement in June saying that they were regretful and embarrassed that they had not taken into account the negative associations with the word antebellum and would henceforth be known as Lady A. Um, The Dixie Chicks changed their name to just Chicks, removing the word Dixie. But how this has escalated from 
June to July is unfathomable. So Slate.com did an article and it was uh, them interviewing a trademark attorney explaining why Lady Antebellum is suing Lady A, the blues singer. It was written by Rochelle Hampton. I will have a link to this article in the show notes. But what is going on here is that it is not even the blues singer in a uh, extreme plot twist. The blues singer is not even suing the band. It is the band suing the blues singer and uh, singer. And what they are looking for is what's called a declaratory judgment. Uh, you might remember hearing about declaratory judgments in the news from the Marvin Gaye, Pharrell, Robin Thicke, Blurred lines case where they took the Marvin Gaye estate to court to say that, hey, uh, before they sue us saying this is a sample, we want the court to go ahead and say that this is not a sample. And of course, that didn't work out well for them. And I wouldn't be surprised if the same thing happens here. So Lady Antebellum has filed a declaratory judgment suit against Lady A, basically asking the court to say, hey, these trademarks that we filed for Lady A and a Lady antebellum, they give us rights to use this. And so if she were to sue us, she would have no standing. And so dear judge, dear court system, could you please say this so that we can avoid a lawsuit with her? I really just don't think this is going to happen. And this is, you know, my own legal commentary and where this comes from is something that the attorney points out in the article is that one of the issues with a suit like this is that you have to have a reasonable apprehension of a lawsuit from her. And we're just not there. There was significant discussion between the two. She's done a really in-depth interview with um, Rolling Stone, and I'll link to that in the show notes as well, discussing the back and forth between the band where she actually reveals that they tell her she needs to change her name and she could do this and she could do that. And so it's really this crazy illusion. And she, she, she as in Anita White talks about how contradictory and hypocritical this is that you say that you are doing this because you are embarrassed and you are regretful of the impact that your name may have had on the black community, but yet you are coming in and encroaching on the rights of a black woman, of another artist, and telling her what she can do, how she can adjust without any forethought to her. And so just really interesting here. And so to have this as a preemptive move where they were in the middle of negotiations, but to now back out and say, you know what, we're going to sue her from a PR standpoint, this looks really terrible. And so from a trademark standpoint, yes, they have, um, these circuit certificates, their trademark rights cannot be denied. But sometimes even when you are legally right, when something is absolutely on your side as it goes with the law, from a PR standpoint, this does not look good for your brand. And sometimes it's not worth the nightmare. And this is something as entrepreneurs, you really need to think about. If you have a nightmare customer, if you have a nightmare client, a nightmare experience, will the PR surrounding a lawsuit that is public information 
education be worth it? And then the second learning lesson here is the fact that Lady A used this name for so long and never trademarked it. This is the importance of learning how to legally protect your passion and profits. And had she protected her name years ago, she would not be in this position. So learn this lesson, people. Don't wait. Get protected. Good luck, Lady A. All right, next up, we are talking about copyright, working with people you trust, and this crazy lawsuit between a makeup artist, Stephen Klein, and NARS. We all are familiar with makeup giant NARS. Well, Stephen Klein is a photographer, and the makeup artist is Sammy Morabit. I And please give me grace if I mispronounce his name. However, he has filed a copyright infringement suit in uh, New York State Court in 2018, claiming that the photographer and NARS used his work that appeared in a 2013 editorial on their packaging and promotion of a collection without his permission. And so there is this entire back and forth that takes place regarding whether or not makeup design is a creative work that can be protected by copyright law. And so the fashionlaw.com has done an entire write-up on the lawsuit and the link will be into the show notes. But according to the court, they said that makeup artistry is the type of work that fits into pictorial, graphic, and sculptural works. However, for your work to receive copyright protection, it must be in a fixed medium. And so the real question here is whether or not applying makeup to the skin to an individual person that can be washed off is considered a fixed medium. And so now the argument here is that the picture when taken was that fixed medium that put on display the makeup of artist design. However, if you've listened to my episode, uh, episode number 16 on how to legally use photos in your work, you know that photographs are the, uh, the work of the photographer. It does not include the subject. It does not include objects in the actual photograph. The, the copyright to a photograph belongs to the photographer unless an arrangement has made been made otherwise. And so the question here that begins to be asked is that is the object was there permission um was there authority uh, that is given because a nuance around this is that a work of authorship may be fixed under the authority of the author. And so was this photograph taken under the authority of the makeup artist? And so here they are saying that because the makeup artist consented to the photographing, that that was the goal of the photo shoot. That was the goal of him being hired as the makeup artist was for it to be photographed, that of course he gave his authority. And so there Therefore, this would fall under copyright law. However, he had already dismissed his copyright infringement claims on a federal level. And so how Mike Tyson gets into this conversation, because I told you Mike Tyson was going to come up, is that the tattoo artist that did Mike Tyson's a face tattoo sued the producers of Hangover 2 for stamping the same design on uh, Ed Helms' face. Uh, and that case settled before it went to court. But 
that is really addressing the issue of what is a fixed medium. Can human skin be a, a fixed, tangible medium and expression of expression for copyright law? And that's such a cool nuance. And I can't wait for the court to uh, explore this one day. But as it relates to this suit with the makeup artist, obviously he was working with a photographer he knew, a makeup brand that he knew and had a relationship with because they brought him in for this suit. These were people he knew that he was doing work with and without his permission, they took his creative idea and launched an entire line of cosmetics in which he did not see a dime. This is not the exception. This happens more often than not, where people who know each other, who are working closely with each other, close somebody out or steal your ideas. And the issue here that is being brought up time and time again is, is this in a fixed medium? The law cannot simply protect your idea. You must have it in a fixed medium. You must execute on the idea. And so here, the, the fashion blog, the fashion law blog suggests if you are a makeup artist, maybe you should draw your design out and, and register that ahead of time if it is so unique that it can be utilized again. But if you have any kind of idea, the execution of that idea is what is protected. And so this is a huge, huge, huge lesson learned about working with people you know and protecting your ideas always get it in writing. Do not wait until it's too late to protect yourself. This is not the social minute just yet, but I do want to share some information. Beyonce is working to support Black-owned businesses that have been affected, not just by COVID-19, but by a lot of the recent protests and uh, looting that has happened. And so her philanthropic organization, Be Good, and the NAACP announced the Black-owned Small Business Impact Grant Campaign. And so the campaign campaign will award a number of $10,000 grants to Black-owned small businesses that have been hit severely in recent months. And so according to the NAACP's uh, website, there is easy to apply grant application criteria. You must be a Black-owned small business owner. You must provide property damage or replacement estimate. You must be located in Houston, Atlanta, New York, Los Angeles or Minneapolis. They are accepting applications from July 9th. This is being recorded on July 12th and it'll come out on July 13th. So you'll have five more days because the applications close on July 18th. They will review applications until the 29th and you'll be notified um, on July 31st on Beyonce.com. It looks pretty simple. I hope that you hear this and you spread the word. You can go to NAACP.org. You can also go to Beyonce.com backslash be good. And it is the first article that is up. And yeah, definitely take advantage of this. Kudos. You know that I am a proud member of the Beehive and I support any and everything. And we talk a lot about and criticize celebrities a lot about not using their platforms, not using their voice, not using their wealth to benefit their community. 
communities. And I really feel like the Carters stand behind their communities in action and in word. And so this is a really awesome initiative uh, with Beyonce and the NAACP. So definitely take advantage of it again, NAACP.org. You can also go to Beyonce.com backslash be good, B-E-Y-G-O-O-D to check it out. All right, this week's Social Minute is going to tell you about the Empowered app, and Empowered is spelled E-M-P-O-W-R-D. You can find out about them at empowered.com, again, E-M-P-O-W-R-D.com. If you listen to my three ways that you can help with social justice beyond protesting, I talked a lot about how important it is that your voice be heard with lawmakers. We see that there is an ongoing campaign last week in the social minute. I talked about reaching out to the attorney general and the governor and the mayor to get justice for Breonna Taylor. We know that reaching out to our lawmakers worked in the state of Georgia where I reside and getting a bill passed HB 426 and prior to Georgia was only one of four states that did not have a hate crimes bill and a lot of the pressure on lawmakers who were who were against it came from everyday citizens just like you and me and so this week in the social minute I really want to implore you to get to know who represents you on a local level get to know what is going on in your own backyard do not wait until it is a social media campaign until it has a national media coverage. Know what's going on in your backyard. Know who is supposed to be representing your voice and let them know what you want them to do in order to keep your vote come election time. And one of the best ways to do it, a great app, and it is a it is a Black-owned app, a Black-created app, is called Empowered. And you can find it on the Android Play Store. You can also find it in the Apple App Store. And it simplifies civic engagement. It gives you direct access to your elected officials and organizations and even news that is going on in your neighborhood. You can get alerts. You can get notifications. I'll tell you to turn it on. When you download the app, it's going to ask you where you live. And it's going to ask you the issues that you care about. And if you want to turn on notifications anytime the politicians in your area do anything noteworthy or take any kind of action and similarly any kind of news around the topics that you care most about. We have to be informed. We can't just encourage people to go vote. We can't just uh, encourage people to go protest. We have to inform ourselves so that we can make educated votes, so that we can make our voices heard, so that we know what's going on before it's too late, before it's the 11th hour and it's already passed the House and it's going before the Senate. We need to know things that are going on in our own backyards ahead of time. And the Empowered app is a really great way to do that. So again, you can download it um, on the Play Store and on Apple iOS. It's E-M-P-O-W-R-D. And you can find out more at empowered.com. And this has been your Social Minute.
Last but not least, I want to talk about contract provisions as business is moving forward and moving on and regretfully in some place moving business as usual in a still currently COVID world. And as entrepreneurs, we have to continually change with the times. We need to evolve with our markets and with circumstances. And one of those is with we are looking for in contracts and the way that we engage now that COVID-19 is reality. Now that we have seen that as quickly as business can be done as usual, things can get shut back down. That things that we thought were easy and no brainers really aren't anymore, especially as it relates to live events, shipping things on time, being able to execute by getting the, the appropriate resources and, and, and time and personnel to really execute in all of our various businesses. And so I just want to bring up a few different things to consider as an entrepreneurs in your contract provisions in a COVID world. So number one is go back and look in that force majeure clause. I did an entire episode on uh, things to look for. I did an article on the blogs. So if you go to Shane Lawson, you'll look for um, the COVID-19 article that I wrote. But one of the things that I want to really reiterate in the force majeure clause is talking about uh, government regulations. And so a lot of times contracts can be canceled if due to government regulation, it is impossible. And a nuance that I have personally experienced and had to take on head on, that was a provision in the contract uh, that I personally entered into and that I am now looking out for with all of my clients is uh, businesses arguing the nuance of something being a recommendation of the CDC or a recommendation or guidance by the mayor of a city. So we'll see that here in Atlanta, to Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms went back to phase one and said that Atlanta was under phase one. But then Governor Brian Kemp came back and said that she does not have authority to take the city back to phase one and that it is just a recommendation. And so if you are in a position where you're, the business that you need to be open to provide your service is not there, if the products aren't being shipped to you, if for whatever reason you can not go through with a contract that you entered into, but you are in a situation where there is no government regulation, because we know right now the government is not operating <laughs> in, in alignment with uh, what science and what the CDC is suggesting. And so the CDC and scientists and doctors may be telling us one thing, but the government is telling us another. You might want to try and get some kind of language around health impossibility, um, shutdown of necessary businesses, impossibility of third-party providers to get you what you need. If you're a musician, is your studio shut down? If you're a producer, are um, production studios, are your staff uh, now unable to travel to get to where you're going? If you are a live event producer, are hotels and different venues banning events of a certain size? So you want to look at that force majeure clause and you want to make sure that you can include language in there that specifically addresses third uh, party and possibility not directly linked to a government regulation. The next thing is refunds and rescheduling. You want to be clear 
on what the refund or rescheduling policy is going to be because things are changing in the blink of an eye. And if you as a business owner do not have a concrete refund or rescheduling, if you're offering a service refund, if you're offering a good um, or service, if you don't have those policies set in stone and now somebody who's paid you a few installments can't finish the end because they don't have a job or you have to cancel because of that third party impossibility, are you going to give portions back? You're going to end up with lawsuits, headache, and heartache if you do not clearly have your refund and rescheduling uh, policies in place. And so those are the three things that I really wanted to highlight in the contracts. Again, having the specifics for third-party impossibility, having your refund policy in place, and then having your rescheduling policy in place if you are a service provider. As business owners, we have to adapt to the changing times and I want to help you equip yourself. Um, this, of course, my legal disclaimer, this is my individualized legal advice. This entire podcast is information only and does not replace you connecting with a licensed attorney in your state to discuss your specific business needs. All right, guys, that is today's episode. Tell me how you like this new format or just this this little show segment. I'm not even sure what I'm going to call it, but it's definitely news you can use and everybody's getting sued. So maybe it'll be something along those lines. But there's so many lessons here to learn. Number one with Lady A and the trademark. Do not wait. Do not wait. But also from the Lady Antebellum side, even when you are legally right, when the law is on your side as a business owner, sometimes you need to think about whether it's really worth it from a PR perspective, from a moral perspective to enforce your rights. Everything is not always about the law. Um, All money isn't good money and Um, Being right isn't always what's most important. So I think there's two lessons to learn from that. The second with um, the makeup artist versus Steven Klein and NARS, be careful. Everybody is friends until money gets involved and everybody in business is not your friend, even if you have a good relationship. So always get things in writing and understand that the law cannot protect your idea. You must execute on the actual idea in a tangible medium in order for you to receive copyright protection and the protection of the court. Don't forget my small business owners in Houston, Atlanta, LA, Minneapolis, that you can apply for a $10,000 small business grant from Beyonce and the NAACP if your business was impacted and you have any kind of property damage from uh, just you know COVID-19 or any of the protests that took place over the course of the summer and you have until July 18th to file those applications. The Social Minute, the Empowered app, find out who is representing you and start following them online, sign up for their newsletters and use the app to connect with them directly on issues that touch you and your communities. Not Let's not wait until a mean call out, an internet protest campaign. Let's all do our individual due diligence to know what's going on in our own backyards and hold those who have our votes accountable. Last but not least, the contract provisions that entrepreneurs should know in a COVID world, understanding the force majeure clause and 
including language that covers third party and possibility that may stop you from conducting business as usual. And you as a business owner having a clear refund or rescheduling if you are a service provider in your policies to avoid a lot of these small, uh, small claims court lawsuits, a lot of heartache and headache with clients that maybe have given you payment and you can't perform or they cannot finish installment payments or whatever the situation might be. You want to just adequately prepare yourself by having those policies in place. As always, you can follow me on social media at Shea M. Lawson. Again, please rate, please review, please share the podcast with someone you know who needs this information. You can find the show notes on shaymlawson.com and click on podcast as well as on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify when you go to the episode details. Until next time, this has been a minute of your time.